Coming up on Podcast 1708, the Ram 1500 Revolution. Electric truck. We get our first look at it. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Also on the show today, Tesla back down on the yoke. BYD launch a new premium brand they want to storm into Europe with. And which battery maker says... We're about to make some really cheap batteries for cheaper EVs. I'll tell you about that and a lot more coming up on your weekend edition of the podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are listening around the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information. For Sunday 8th of January, Martin Lee here, going through every EV story at the weekend so you don't have to. I'm here to save you time and pick out the nuggets, the gold that you want to make sure that you've latched on to in case you work in this industry, if you get you interested in electric vehicles or just for your own personal knowledge. That's what I'm here for. Uh, now, thanks to our Patreon supporter, Rajiv, who passed on this little link from the BBC website. Great Britain produced a record amount of wind in 2022. According to the National Grid, more electricity came from renewables uh, than from fossil fuels and gas and coal and things like that. The second highest year after 2020, 48.5% of electricity from renewable or nuclear. In November, 70% of electricity was made by wind. Wind alone. 70%. That's 20 gigawatts on one day alone in November. So these people that say, well, you drive an electric car, but all you're really doing is moving the emissions from the, the coal-powered electricity station to, you know, to your car. Well, absolutely you know, not at all. Uh, 70% of my miles on that day in November, and it's been a very windy few months as well, uh, but that was the record day. And it was, I think there was even a new record late December as well, done on wind power you can't your your combustion car doesn't get any cleaner it just gets worse actually the day you drive it out of the showroom let's move on and ram unveiled the 1500 revolution it's their all-electric truck now ram are behind the likes of ford chevy with the silverado rivian etc so uh, they've got some catching up to do but the good thing about coming later to the party is you know what everyone hopefully has done so far so you can make sure that you're doing at least as good as that and possibly even bring some new toys as well the electric ram has been revealed in concept form of course they say it's going to be a leader in range towing payload and charge times those are the four i would say kind of verticals those those pillars that they are working on range towing payload charge time and it's going to be a leader they say so like we know those stats already we know it's going to have to do 400 plus miles to be a leader we know it's going to have to tow twenty thousand pounds to be a leader we know charge time it, it's going to need to be an 800 volt architecture in order to make the most of the chargers that are in the ground right now that don't have the biggest amperage and so you want the big pack voltage to make up for that the revolution is built on a new platform the stla frame it's body on frame with the batteries down beneath the frame rails dual motor and it's lower roof and very raked windshield give it a very different look to anything that is but it's still you know it's unmistakably a truck shape it's not the cyber truck which was a bit mind-blowing flush door handles though uh, swivel away tow hook side view cameras not mirrors there's a lot of stuff on on here that is concept e if that makes sense there's other stuff that will make the production car instead of uh, the exterior giving an impression of a separate bed it's connected all the way through the cab so uh, the back seats fold down and the the pattern on the the truck bed 
if you like, is kind of continued on the backs of the back seats, if that makes sense. So when you fold the back seats down, it's got a mid-gate, then that pass-through for long object or narrow object goes all the way through to the front seats, makes the makes the truck very versatile. But also, the tailgate, the power tailgate, is split into barn doors, and you can open those barn doors uh, with an extra bit of floor which extends the bed beyond the tail. I'm not sure what the legalities of that is, uh, I know that in some countries you're not allowed to extend the rear of the vehicle, but maybe in the US that's different, and you can have the, 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 the bed made longer at the back, through the mid-gate at the front. Even the centre console, is, if you've got some very long, narrow objects, will pass all the way through the truck into the front at the front. That's a really useful feature for a work truck. It's got two 14-inch screens. Um, apart from that, not too much inside, quite minimalistic inside this. And they talked about the AI voice assistant, shadow mode. It'll follow you around as you're walking around a job site. Uh, in the garage, it's going to have inductive wireless charging. If you've got an inductive pad in your garage floor, all of that kind of stuff's a bit pie in the sky. If it comes with it, it's great. I want to know about the core specs, though. 800-volt system, 350-kilowatt DC fast charging, 100 miles of range added in 10 minutes. It's still a concept. It's not coming till 2024. Likely it's a 2025 model year, so it's going to be late in that year as well. Look, it's a long way off. Don't give it too much airtime, but it's an, it's an important one because it's now officially on the roadmap. And with the debut of that, they also talked about the plug-in hybrid version as well because... As the CEO of Ram, Mike Koval, pointed out, electric power is great, but there are use cases where it's not ready yet, and one of those is towing, towing long distance, especially objects that aren't very aero. The, the weight isn't really the issue with towing. It's the aero, actually. And so he said, look, there'll be a plug-in hybrid version as well, and as well as the full BEV version. And they've already got some of those tools with the Jeep Wrangler and Grand Cherokee in their locker, although by then it's going to be half a decade old. So we'll wait and see what they come with. But a, a plug-in hybrid version is a good idea, I, I guess, maybe. I don't know. I'd go full Bev. Batteries are getting better all the time. Now let's move on and talk Tesla. Finally reintroducing the round steering wheel on the Model S and the Model X. Would it have been a reason for me not to buy that vehicle? Ah, now that's an interesting one, because I'm not in the market for a $150,000 car. But, you know, try and walk in those shoes and think, well, would I have bought the car with the yoke? I have driven a, a Tesla with a yoke, with a third-party yoke, and honestly, it was just okay. It wasn't my favorite thing in the world. It was just okay. And I think muscle memory changes, and you get used to it within a couple of days. Um, I'm still not convinced on it, but... It wasn't terrible. Either way, if you uh, if you want a Model S, Model X now, round wheel is back. You can even get a, a aftermarket upgrade, $700. So if you bought an S or an X with the yoke and you hate it, uh, $700 gets you the round one. It hasn't got the stalks, though, so it's still got all of the controls, you know, the indicators, etc., uh, on the steering wheel, which I know some people, again, don't like. The YouTuber Marquez Brownlee, MKBHD, says particularly he can be hitting, he can jabbing those buttons for 10 times, and he says, and then it, and then it, it doesn't work. And so the stalks aren't coming back, but the yoke is gone. Now, 
Let's talk about Tesla, Shanghai, Gigafactory, delivering 710,000 vehicles last year. Just an enormous number. Huge congratulations to the Tesla China team. I'm not surprised that the main man from Tesla China has just been promoted up into a higher position within the company because it's a huge achievement, up 50% from the previous year. Model Y from Giga Shanghai was 450,000. Model 3, 200. A million vehicles uh, have left that in August. In August, they hit that one millionth vehicle. However, things aren't always so great in China. I mentioned last week the good news for Chinese buyers, the price cuts are now 24% cheaper to buy a, uh, a 3 or a Y, up to 24% cheaper. But for those that just took delivery a couple of days ago before the subsidies ended at the end of the year, they're so furious that hundreds of Tesla owners gathered at showrooms and Tesla stores around China to protest demanding a rebate or a refund or some credit or something because they just spent far more than they needed to just a few days earlier. There was 200 buyers of the Model Y at the Shanghai center or showroom protesting about Tesla. Videos on social media were shared around with uh, Tesla fans going, wow, look how popular Tesla is, and people <laughs> replying, no, 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 the police are there because it's a protest. And after Friday's discounts, uh, say 24% below September levels, police uh, had to facilitate a meeting between Tesla and the protesters. Uh, Tesla promising a response by Tuesday, so we'll see. Now, Let's talk uh, a little bit about, just while we have time at the weekend, superchargers. Uh, Supercharger sleuth Marco RP Tesla on Twitter has discovered a bit of code in the background which showed that uh, the superchargers are going to be rolling out in 50 new locations not yet announced. Hawaii, Montana and Mexico. Uh, the uh, new supercharger station going on the Big Island will be the second one there, if you're talking Hawaii. Also in Mexico, there's going to be a new one in Yucatan, halfway between Cancun and Merida. And uh, they've all got stations of their own, by the way. So just filling in the gaps, I would say, in those places, but certainly for my, uh, my Hawaiian listeners... If there are some, I should look at the stats. Uh, some good news that, uh, at least on the Big Island, you do get a second supercharger station. Hey, let's talk about uh, my favourite topic, Toyota. And, uh, you know, for the last four years, I've been pointing out that Toyota are, at some point, people are going to notice, they're falling really behind in terms of the tech race. And now more and more people are noticing. A small plane carrying a banner flew over the... NASCAR Cup Series Championship race in Phoenix a little while ago. The banner towed behind the plane read, Want exciting? Drive electric. Want boring? Drive Toyota. Uh, this year, uh, Public Citizen, the organization, launched a campaign to push Toyota into making more EVs. They are the world's largest car maker, and they just won't make EVs. While the NGO's motivations were green ones, their message of if you want exciting buy EV, uh, if you want boring, buy Toyota, reflected a wider concern in the global automotive industry that Toyota are just starting to get into the danger zone now of just promoting and promoting and promoting non-plug-in hybrids. They call them self-charging hybrids. There's no such thing as a self-charging hybrid. And also industry experts are now starting to raise really big flags about the Japanese, particularly the Japanese makers. There's no, they're not in the top 20 EV makers globally. And 
Back in September, the CEO of the company, Akio Toyoda, said that battery electric vehicles are taking longer than the media would like us to believe. They're on a mission to reduce CO2, but they won't do it with all battery electric cars. And uh, the the guy who designed the first ever Nissan Leaf, these days he's a, a teacher, an lecturer in Italy. He said this, the Japanese car industry needs to catch up. It could be too late already. Now, Toyota has substantially miscalculated things, according to auto experts. But Toyota's chief scientist, Gil Pratt, points out that in many countries there's a lack of charging infrastructure. So there's not those DC fast chargers in to sustain the EV boom, which is why they have a mix of things like hydrogen-powered cars and more realistic options. He says, what? That's got to be a misquote because nobody could be that do that well in their career to be the chief scientist of Toyota and be that daft? He couldn't have said that. You can't honestly say that developing countries don't have electricity, but there's a hydrogen filling station on every corner. No, 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 no. If he did say that, he's, he's pulling your leg. He's having it. It's April 1st stuff, that is. You can't say, well, EVs won't work because there's no fast chargers, but hydrogen. Oh, you can't move for hydrogen stations. Uh, let's talk a little bit about General Motors wanting the U.S. Treasury to reconsider tax credits. According to a Washington Now post, General Motors said on Friday two days ago it wants the U.S. Treasury to reconsider the classification of the Cadillac Lyric. You see, if a price of an SUV is above $55,000, you can't get the $7,500 federal tax credit. And they have said that the Lyric is an SUV, and so it doesn't qualify. A Treasury spokesperson defended the classification system saying it was pre-existing and long-standing. Now, BYD, the world's biggest maker of electric vehicles, is launching a new brand, Yang Wang, and they want to come to Europe with it. Now, I'm not sure that's a great name, if I'm honest with you, because, it, you know, it's one thing having Neos and Xpungs, but it's a bit of a stretch to say, oh, what's, uh, I like your new car, mate. What are you driving? Oh, well, I've got myself a Yang Wang. Get some cream for that, apparently. It's an odd name, but they are prepared to enter the European market with their Yang Wangs. The 9 and the t- uh, the 8 are the two numbers they've launched. And actually, the cars, I, I'm having a little bit of pulling their leg a little bit with, with the name. Dodgy name. But the cars look great. There's going to be, first of all, a fully electric off-roader, a bit like a Range Rover or Land Rover Defender, halfway house between those two, and it looks very nice, and a supercar that looks like a McLaren supercar, and that is the Yangwang U9, 0 to 60, less than two seconds. Seriously, if this thing comes in under 200,000 euros or pounds or whatever, it's bonkers, bonkers territory, and it's BYD, so they know what they're doing with their blade batteries. Oh, speaking of which, by the way, a new factory is starting construction, uh, and in China, yet another BYD factory in the Zhangzhou province. They're spending $1.5 billion, according to a WeChat post by local government. It's going to cover an area of 470,000 square meters, and the blade batteries will be operational by December 2023. They're not hanging around, are they? 15 gigawatt hours a year of that capacity right coming up we'll talk about cheap batteries and uh, ev drivers being hit with surge pricing stick around those stories are on the way little mention for china by the way and the car maker zika wants to double their sales in europe to uh, expand out of china and the sole model it makes at the minute is the zika 001 soon to be joined by a very luxurious mpv with six captain's chairs. I think last time I reported on this vehicle that looks like just about the most comfortable way to move people around 
Really beautiful interior. Everyone gets their own speakers in the headrest. Everyone gets a little intercom, so you haven't got a shout from the rear to the front. Maybe it's going to be used for shuttles or something, but you could you got a little intercom, talk to the driver, or even just to have a conversation at normal volume um, so everyone can hear everyone. And just packed full of tech. Recently at uh, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, Seekers Chief Executive Andy Ann, talking to Reuters, said the company sees potential growth in Europe with these vehicles. Now, South Korea's battery company, SK On, will make cheaper batteries by the middle of the decade. LFP cells, specifically, a senior executive saying, on Thursday this week, the move is part of their effort to deliver low-cost batteries to car makers, and LFP batteries are cheaper to make, but deliver a little bit less range and performance than a comparable nickel cobalt battery according to asiafinancial.com we're going to produce an lfp product by 2025 said jason lee executive vice president of sk on's battery division at ces they uh, supply people like ford by the way tesla uh, rivian also using lfp batteries um and uh, they can be 20 percent cheaper than an equivalent battery which is why so many people are moving over to this lfp chemistry now, Stellantis's CEO, Carlos Tavares, saying that EVs mean higher costs for car makers. Like, we knew that already, but he's just making sure that we really understand it. And so he used the opportunity at speaking at CES. Uh, the CEO, Carlos Tavares, says the cost of the technology that will power electric vehicles has real implications for the auto industry. One of the challenges is to make sure the technology is affordable to the middle classes. If we don't take care, we'll end up in a few years with an overall power train 40% more expensive than the conventional one and that's true I've been beating this drum for a really really long time EVs are too expensive to purchase and if you want to have a if you're interested in that conversation around how to put an EV on your driveway whether you should purchase a new one purchase a used one uh, whether there's a finance or you can lease a new one uh, lease plan sponsor of this podcast uh, were yesterday's Saturday special show Highly recommend you listen to that. It's, it's not an advert for lease, but I thought that, you know, when they said, we'd like to sponsor your podcast, I'm like, yeah, sure, what do you want me to say? Is it like promote leasing? And they're like, no, 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 we want to help EV drivers. So it could be that the best thing to do is that you buy a used one um, with cash, or maybe you'll use their products and lease one or whatever, but they are trying to, as a company that's clearly got a long way to go into selling 100% EVs or used uh, new EVs rather, leasing them over the next uh, decade or whatever they do. They're on a journey, like we're all on a journey of learning and discovery. Uh, so they've created some free tools for people to use. And uh, that was what yesterday's interview was largely um, uh, about. Now, uh, I recommend you have a little listen to that if you've got time. Finally, electric vehicle drivers have been hit with peak time price in the UK, price changes. Major networks like Ubitricity and Genie Point have introduced dynamic pricing. And I must admit, this has kind of gone under the radar a little bit because I do so few miles these days with working from home. I haven't really, really seen much pushback against this. A quarter of public charge points, excluding rapids and ultra rapids, actually have some form of pricing model. According to Cornwall Insight, more than a fifth of the rapids and ultra rapids also covered by peak and off-peak. And I haven't uh, turned up anywhere yet that's had dynamic pricing. I've done a few miles over Christmas and New Year, but still, um, the likes of Tesla have dynamic pricing. It risks triggering a concern that drivers who absolutely have to charge at a certain time or or can't avoid driving at those times uh, are going to be unfairly fairly penalised. And I understand that side of it as well. But if, if it means that the rest of us get 
cheaper rates during the day, but it's very expensive, 4 till 7 p.m., that's fine. If it's the normal price they've always charged all day, and then even more expensive 4 till 7, then our drivers are getting screwed a little bit. So I'm going to look a little bit more into dynamic pricing in the UK. It's a telegraph.co.uk story that I saw this in yesterday, and I thought... Oh, well, that's a new one on me. I didn't know it was rolling out quite so much. And that's your podcast for today. As always on a Sunday, we'd like to thank everyone on Patreon up to executive level, executive producer and above. Uh, thank you to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village of Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley and his EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK. Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging made simple. They've got one map, one app, use it all the time. Highly recommend that. Also, Millbrook Cottages, book yourself a holiday in 2023. Uh, go to millbrookcottages.co.uk if you want a little trip down to Devon. And of course, Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance that EV drivers need. Thanks to our partners, David and Lisa Allen. Thank you, guys. Yuka Kukunen from Shift2Electric.com with a number two in the middle. Rajiv Narayan, Michael Lumley, Battery Reports for your EVs. Get them at RecurrentAuto.com. And also Darren McCleskey at the Novo Real Estate. And all of our exec producers, Adrian Bond, Alan Shedd, Alex Banahini, Alexander Frank, Anders Hove, Andrea Jefferson, Andrew Luoma, uh, Andy Nancaro and Lillian Cass, Asir Khalid, Bjorn Fuchstak, Bill Calhoun, Blaine McKinney, Blunderbuss Jones, Brian O'Leary, Brian Thompson, Bruce Bohannon, Chad Lane, Charles Hall, Christopher Bath, Colin Hennessy and Cam ZV, Craig Rogers, David Dysart, David Finch, David Partington, David... Prescott, DCEV, Ed Cortine, Eddie Regassa, Eric Hansen, Eru, Kiyuni, Nyombi, Frederick Rovic, Gene Rubin, George Totorolo, and Heinrich Leisner, and Helmut Sika. Selka, sorry, Helmut. Uh, Ian Waddy Watkins, Ian Griffiths, Ian Sear, Jack Oakley, Jacob Kuhn, James Penfold, James Store, Jan from E-Mobility Norway, Jim Morris, John Schroeder, John Vandervoort, John who is Beardy McBeardface at Ken TV's purveyor of wonderful waistcoats thanks to Mrs. Bearding with Beardface uh, John Manchek, Juan Gonzalez Kester Sandback, Kevin Merson, Lawrence D. Allen Lee Brown, Luke Carley, Marcel Ward, Nathan Gore-Brown Nathan King, Nathaniel Friedman, Neely Roberts from Sussex EVs O'Hal Aston, Paul Stevenson, Pete Glass, Pete Gordon, Peter and D. Roberts Peter Reiner, Phil Mouche, Philip Forrester Philip Troutman, Raymond Rollage, Realtors Choice Photography, Rob from the RS Thinks EV channel on YouTube, Robert Grace, Seki Payne Stephen Penn, Steve John, The Plug Seekers EV YouTube channel Thomas JTS, Timothy Phillips, and Tyler Voss. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.